Hoppy and Lee on Listener. It's breakfast whenever you want it. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Monday. Thanks. Uh, we may have had a slight issue, slight technical issue with the start of our podcast. By technical, do you mean that you forgot to hit record and we started talking? No. Don't know what you're talking about. Tradesman never blames his tools, Lee. No. no and that's why slight, you're not a tradesman. Slight technical <laughs> issue. Yeah, but I am a tool sometimes. Um, you sometimes. had a very good weekend um, sport-wise. Oh, did I. What? The Dockers girls won their final. Yep. Uh, which puts them through to play Adelaide. Dockers won a final. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a phrase. Well, the Dockers of... girls are all right. Oh, the girls, yeah. 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 Um, the Dockers boys got a win one point over the Adelaide Crows, and I was yeah. so hyped up after it. I literally was shaking. Like One of those 17 behinds that you kicked had to be the winning. Well, that's it. It was like, ironically, that was the margin. I mean, if we kicked, you know, two of those 17 points as goals, we wouldn't have had to worry Less so much. Less exciting, really. Oh, yes, yeah. we did it for the game. And Thrill also, in the most dockery fashion ever, like Fremantle are this club that if it can go wrong, it probably will. Yeah. Um, we won, and we're still ninth. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> oh, it's so dockery. Um, team, the, um, and the uh, Storm. Storm doing really well as well. They also had a one-point win. Yeah, so all my, so both my teams undefeated in their respective leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, undefeated from one game. And for me, the Waratahs are going best of the teams that I oh, follow. Oh, yeah, sorry. And, Talk to me about your weekend in sport. saying something. Oh, both my teams lost by 20 points. That's um, good. The Giants Gosh. and the Raiders. Yay. Um, and so, yeah, so not great. Let's move on. Uh, also, I want to quickly touch on my tipping, my footy tipping. No, nah, let's move on. So in the NRL, six out of eight, which is like standard, but I think still probably above average. We're chatting with Tracy Oakman from uh, Murrumbidgee Local Health District. I wonder how she went in today. her tipping. Um, and in the AFL tipping... I got eight out of nine. And uh, Poppy, it's Which a, is very good. Come petrol on. Petrol prices have been high. Petrol prices have been high. Almost as high as my tipping scores. We are <laughs> this, we are catching up uh, with Daryl Starr. Now, he's a motoring journalist and has some tips for us on how to save petrol as we're driving yes. around. Yes, Daryl, I'm dreading this because a little bit later this week, I'm going to have to fill my car up. There is absolutely no more avoiding it. How do I keep more fuel in the tank? Well, as you said, keeping more fuel in your tank, uh, keep it topped up. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's the uh, number one thing is to just keep the tank, you know, above half full. Therefore, you're not going to have uh, pump shock when you do go and fill up. <laughs> so if, you, if your tank's down, you know, under, say, quarter full, most cars today are going to cost you about $70, $80, to, to fill up. So... Uh, mainly going to the petrol station a little bit more often, but the, the cost is a little, you know, it's reduced. So that's one way of saving and um, shopping around the neighbourhood and around the suburbs, try and get the, the cheapest fuel you can get for your car. Um, just common sense approaches at the moment. And what we've got to look at is if prices stay as they are and probably go up a little bit more, it's going to add about uh, $900 to $1,000 a year to the annual budget, so yeah, shop wisely and drive wisely. Just on the fuels, is, is there much difference uh, in terms of uh, like the uh, economical aspects of it in putting in the, the premium fuels into your car or is it just whatever you can get? Well, most cars run on 91 RON. Um, a few can run on uh, E10. But if your car is recommended to run on 95 or even 98, uh, you can't come down. If you've got your car's recommended to run on 91, you can go up. 
that's going to cost you more money. But you know, like a number of Volkswagens, that for instance, run on 95 ROWIN, that's what you've got to uh, put in the car. So don't try and skimp by putting something less in if your car's not uh, designed to run on that. As a Volkswagen owner, it is very painful at the minute to be going to the pump and seeing that 95 and above is a whole lot more. What about when it comes to actually driving your car? Are there things you can do to use less fuel and just stretch it that little bit longer? Oh, of course, of course. Um, just accelerate away from the traffic lights gently. Um, avoid high speeds, even on the freeway. Just keep to the speed limit, 100, 110, whatever it may be. Um, read the traffic, that is, see what's happening ahead of you. Like if the traffic's slowing down, just coast along to decelerate and you know, just use your brakes um, lightly just to, just to slow that forward momentum down uh, rather than kind of you know, shuddering halt and roaring off in the traffic lights again. Uh, another couple of things, um, when you first start off in the morning, don't sit there and idle the car, just start it up and then drive um, fairly slowly for the first kilometre or so, so the engine warms up um, uh, rather than heats up real quickly and therefore you get more life out of the engine as well. Um, check your tyre pressures at least once a month so that um, they're at the right um, inflation that the, the tyre manufacturer recommends. Therefore, therefore you're uh, not having drag with the car. Same with reducing the overall weight if you're not using roof racks and bike racks and you've got a boot full of you know, bags and heavy stuff, take all that out so that you're reducing the weight as well. So there are a number of little things you can do to uh, reduce the, the weight of the car, just drive smartly and you'll see the fuel consumption will uh, come down. So, for example, a lot of modern cars nowadays have like the eye stop feature where if you're stopped at the lights, for example, it'll automatically tick your engine off. And then when you, so if I drive a manual, when I hit the clutch, it'll turn straight back on again and I can start driving. Is that Correct. saving fuel or should I turn that feature off? No, no, it's there for a reason. I know a lot of people don't like the idea and do turn it off, uh, but leave it on and you'll, the savings are minimal, but they're there. And any little savings you make at the moment... <laughs> Uh, you know, help the wallet out. They're much bigger but, savings these days. That's right. But um, another little thing that we've sort of come up with is that most cars these days have a fuel consumption readout in the instrument panel. And if, um, if you have a look in your owner's manual, see what the combined fuel consumption of a, your particular vehicle is. And if it says something like 6.5 litres, 100 kilometres combined, and you're keeping an eye on your instrument panel to see what you're actually achieving. Uh, it's a good game for the you know driver and you know the, the passengers just to say, hey, let's try and get this under the under the um, prescribed limit and see how we go there. So it's a little bit of fun you can have along the way as well. Daryl, if people want to find out, if people want to find out some more about driving economically, uh, where can they go to do that? Uh, I've got a website called thecountrydriver.com. They can go there. Or um, uh, uh, NRMA, RACV, all these types of people have um, all these tips and that as well. So there's, there's plenty out there to go to and have a look to see how you can drive more efficiently. And um, as I said before, it's, it's common sense these days. And 
um, just drive efficiently, save fuel and save money. Well, Daryl, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate all the tips. Daryl Star Motoring Journalist there on how to save yourself a bit of fuel and probably about a million dollars a year. Yeah, about a million billion at this point oh, um, is how much money we're spending on fuel. Um, Lee, there is something else in the news at the moment between petrol prices, COVID and uh, Japanese encephalitis. There is a bit going on in the news cycle and Japanese encephalitis, we're seeing it in our region at the moment. So to talk to us about it, we are joined by Tracy Oakman, the Director of Public Health with the Murrumbidgee Local Health District. Tracy, what do we know? Talk to us a little bit about what's going on with Japanese encephalitis in our region. Yeah, look, I think a step back is to recognise that Japanese encephalitis in our region or in in Australia, indeed, is is actually new. And so um, there's there's lots yet to be found out about where it is exactly the scope of of our our issues. Um, But certainly in our region, uh, a number of piggeries have tested positive, so it indicates it's spread across the district. And we've had uh, in New South Wales eight confirmed cases of Japanese encephalitis. Uh, It's a virus that um, is transmitted by mosquitoes. It's not spread human to human. And so the mosquitoes will often bite an infected pig and then come along and and bite a human. And that's how we pick it up. only 1% of people who, who are bitten by an infected mosquito will actually come down with the symptoms of Japanese encephalitis uh, with, with a, a, an encephalitic picture. Um, but unfortunately, um, of that 1%, about you know 20 to 30% of those people can die. And uh, for those who recover, a fair percentage of those take some time to recover because the encephalitis obviously has an impact on your brain and you, you do take some time to recover from that. Of the larger um, portion of people that are maybe infected with Japanese encephalitis but don't show any of the symptoms, if a mosquito bites that person and then bites somebody else, are the symptoms or the Japanese encephalitis, can it be transmitted human to human through mosquitoes, if that's a roundabout way of asking that? (laughs) Yeah, look, no. um, They generally say that the humans are a dead end um, in terms of transmission for for this virus. People don't uh, grow it very well in their body and therefore the mosquito won't won't be able to um, pick it up from a person. The difference is the pigs grow it really well in their bodies and so that uh, every bite a mosquito does of an infected pig is, is going to pick it up. So that's the difference there. Look, this is not something that we've heard about in Australia previously in my memory. Is it new to the country and how do they reckon it got in? Yeah, it is new to the country, although the Torres Strait Island has had it historically as well. Um, it is common in Southeast Asia. And what the, the working theory is, there's, there's no, you know, we haven't proven this 100%, but the working theory is migratory birds, which can also carry it, may have flown in, um, from, from Southeast Asia to, to Australia and then down the, the waterways to southern New South Wales and, and Victoria and so forth. Uh, and so that's how it's got to the region and then mosquitoes also bite those birds and the pigs and so forth and and so that's how it gets transmitted through that system. Speaking this morning to Tracy Oakman, Director of Public Health with the MLHD. Tracy, in terms of treatment, prevention, vaccination, where are we with Japanese encephalitis considering it's a fairly new thing for us to be dealing with? Uh, In terms of treatment, uh, there is no specific treatment to cure you from a Japanese encephalitis. The uh, clinicians will treat the symptoms. The the doctors just look after your symptoms as as you present and and might care for you that way and you just need to recover uh, with symptom management. 
Um, in terms of vaccination, there is a vaccination for Japanese encephalitis, and historically it's been known for us in Australia as a travel vaccine, of course. Yeah. So if you were going to Southeast Asia, and of course there hasn't been a lot of travel in the last couple of years, so there hasn't been much demand for that vaccine. And so we have limited supplies in Australia currently. So uh, there has been a Commonwealth order, and, and that is a large order, and that is expected to arrive in the country, I understand, uh, later in April. Um, but with the limited supplies we have at the moment, um, we are targeting eligible groups that are piggery workers and people who are associated with piggeries. Um, some people live on the piggery properties. Um, people who work with mozzies and laboratory scientists who culture the virus. So we're targeting those groups um, and they can get that vaccine through their GPs. We'll be looking at those groups across New South Wales for the next um, for the next while until we get more supply of vaccine in and then the Commonwealth is looking at uh, expanding potentially that criteria for who's eligible after that point. Obviously, mosquito-borne viruses, if you don't get bitten by mozzies, you don't get the virus. How can we avoid getting nipped? Yeah, and look, that's that's the really important thing at the moment. For people who, who live um, particularly near waterways, the Murray River um, or any of the other rivers along there, you know, we need to avoid being bitten by mosquitoes. Mosquitoes in our area bite at dusk and dawn particularly. They feed then. Um, so you have to be particularly careful around those times. So um, if you have to go out, even if it's hanging the washing on the line, oh, try to change your times potentially, but mosquito repellent, apply mosquito repellent, reapply mosquito repellent according to the instructions. Different mosquito repellents have different strengths and will stay on for different lengths of time. Uh, a repellent with uh, DEET is a, a, quite a good one, but all the others, you know, you just follow the instructions on reapplying. Wear loose, light-coloured clothing. So mosquitoes love dark shadows and they can bite you through dark clothing or any clothing if it's tight particularly. Loose, light-coloured, long sleeves long pants, socks and shoes, that's a great way of protecting you so there's less surface area for the mosquitoes to bite. Make sure if you're camping, your fly screens are intact, you don't have holes in them. Um, you know, if there's water lying around your home after all the rain we've had um, in buckets or, you know, tyres or whatever that might be, try and empty that out so there's less breeding areas for your mosquitoes. For babies who are too young to have mosquitoes, under three months old, you shouldn't have mosquito repellent on youngies. Make sure that they're under mosquito nets if you're out, out in the outside so that they're protected from mosquitoes. Tracy Oakman, the Director of Public Health with the Murrumbidgee Local Health District, thank you so much for your time. You guys have been very, very busy in the last couple of years. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Now, again, a pleasure and thank you for your time. You've been fairly busy recently. Yes. Um, Bobby, that's about it from us today. Yeah, it certainly is, Leah. I'm off to sort of work out my footy chips for next round. Oh, good luck. Um, busy, busy. See, this is a problem. Like, yeah. I've actually got work to do and I'm, I've got, I lead a busy life, whereas no. you're just spending your whole time like dissecting the form and studying the tips. To be fair, round one, there's no such thing as dissecting no. the form and studying the tips. I have absolutely come from nowhere and it was a complete fluke. I, I literally would check the tips on Saturday night and was like, huh, six from six, that's lucky. I'm in three tipping comps. I don't know what I got in one because it's down at the pub and we haven't been down there to check oh, yet. Yeah. The... I reckon I'd be sitting pretty close to the top. No, but I don't know how many I got because in the other two, I got three in one and five in the other. I bet you got you got you would have got four down at the pub. <laughs> the Just to be on the average. Um, we'll catch up with you tomorrow from 6 Triple M Riverina or right here on Listener Weekdays. Have a great one. See ya. Poppy and Lee. Weekdays from 6 on the Riverina's Triple M and whenever you want them on Listener.